What's up, guys? How's it going? Man, here we are. Welcome to Church Online. I'm Chris. And I'm Patrick. And we are here for Venture Church uh, Online. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's going to be good stuff. I'm excited. Been enjoying looking at everybody's comments online here. And looks like uh, we've asked you, you know, what you got going on this week? What have you been doing outside? What have you been doing with your family? Things like that. So keep those comments coming in. Uh, uh, hey, we're ready to get into this morning's teaching. And so let's do that. Sacred. This is our final week of our sacred teaching series. Sure uh, if you got a Bible, go ahead and grab it. I know you got one somewhere in your house. Uh, and if you don't, grab it uh, online and look at it. We're going to be studying from it as always. Um, It'll also be up on your screen. Yeah, we'll have some scripture up on your screen too yeah. that you can read along. It's good to be able to, to underline and make notes and stuff too, though. Uh, I want to start this morning um, talking about uh, some, some battle stories, some war okay. stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, you ever been in a fight? Um. Yes. Yeah. But not any that I are worth talking about. I disagree. I think we should talk about it. Okay. I'll, I'll all right. go first. All right. All right. So, um, I had a, a brother growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we fought all the time. I know him. Um, now those uh, we we fought like boxers, like just, and I was the big brother. I was probably too mean. As I was, <laughs> it wasn't cool. Um, but those those weren't fights. Like if you got a sibling, that doesn't count. Uh, I'm talking about like getting a fight at school. Now okay. I, I wasn't the guy that got in fights at school. Like I was did, a guy. Didn't you tell a story recently about a fight you got into at school? Okay, I did. So I was going to yeah. tell two stories that I don't know that were actually fights. The, oh, about okay. a month, a couple months ago in church, I told a story. I sort of got a fight. Yeah, with with a girl. I got beat up by a girl. Yeah, you got beat up by. I a girl. was on the school bus. I got punched in the eye. She broke my glasses, and then I lied to my parents about it. That's the story. I cut to the chase. Uh, but th- there's another <laughs> fight that I got into, okay. uh, and it was also with a girl. It was not surprising <laughs> in the school. Not surprising. Uh, again, it was a, a fight. Um, I didn't have. I didn't didn't do anything. I so here's the story. I'm sitting in the right. cafeteria. Uh, I remember I was talking to my friend Gail. Okay. And she and she was talking about something. That I do remember I was looking at her face when she just like, her eyes got so big and she like pointed behind me, and I was like, what? And so you do what you do. I turn around and look and just like, wham! Just like, out of nowhere, I just got slapped across the face. Oh gosh! Really hard. And so the thing, you know, that middle school cafeteria thing where everyone's like, fight, 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 yeah, yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so everybody's chanting, fight, fight. And I'm like, no, it's not a fight. I don't even know what's going on right now. I just got, I can't see. I got like stars. And so uh, I stood up and there was this girl standing behind me. She had like her fist ready. She was just ready to just fight. She was ready to throw down. I was like, Gosh. no, this is not happening right now. And uh, the principal was in the cafeteria at the time. Okay. He was the one who stepped between. He was like, no. And, and he was like, Willard, you know where my office is. You can go there. I had been a few times. And so I, I'm like, <laughs> what did I do? I was just eating tater tots. I remember I was eating tater tots. 
I didn't even get to finish my tater tots, which my kids are watching right now. They know how much I love tater tots. Tater tots are good. Yeah. I didn't get to finish. So, but I got I got in school suspension for that. I did nothing. I just so, here's the story though. The girl had written me uh, a note. She was like, you know, dear Chris, I like you. Do you like me? You know, do you want to be my boyfriend? Whatever. And I politely declined her offer. Okay. That's all I had. And she wasn't a fan of that. I guess. She I mean, sucker punched me in the. That's, all right, so I got beat up by girl. What, all right, so mine, mine is not quite that bad. So I, I had a lot of the same. I would fight with my sister. Like I threw her through a wall one time, but uh, that's not really wasn't really a fight. She just <laughs> I just kind of pushed her through a wall. Right. Um, but as far as real fights go, um, similar situations. Like my real fights aren't really fights either. Yeah. Uh, I was in middle school. I was sitting in my, my desk. The teacher had walked out, and I'm sitting there, and I knocked my pencil off. And, you know, desk used to have these arms on them where you couldn't reach yeah, over. And yeah. I hadn't grown my, my big, long monkey arms yet, yeah. so I couldn't couldn't reach it. And so I you know, hit the guy beside me, hey, dude, will you hand me my pencil that I knocked over? And he's like, oh, leave me alone. I was like, dude, let me, give me my pencil. And he jumps up and just starts punching me in the face as hard <laughs> as he can. And I'm sitting there going, what is going on? The teacher comes back in. And says, what are you two doing? Both of you go to the principal's office. I got suspended for three days for that. <laughs> I, Why is all, that so funny? All I did was get punched in the face. And I got suspended for three days. But so let did. that be a lesson to you kids. Don't get punched in the face. Don't get punched in the face or you will get suspended from school. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I, fights. Yeah. The reason we're telling <laughs> those stories this morning is uh, because we're in this series called Sacred. Right. And it's about living a set-apart life. And the reality of when we're trying to live a life for God yeah, is that it can be a fight. Absolutely. It can be really hard. And there can be times where we get sucker punched and yeah. there can be times where we don't know like what we're facing, but we still have to just kind of stand our ground yeah, and fight. So this series, uh, if you haven't caught the rest of it, I totally recommend that you check it out on our podcast. Uh, but the whole deal is like we're taking a look at what it means to live a life that honors God. Right. And so yeah. when you hear the word sacred, we've been using the word sacred somewhat interchangeably with the word holy. And you get that idea, the idea of like, I'm supposed to be perfect. Right. You know, like I never can make a mistake and I've got to do everything right all the time. And, and that's a good goal. But we also recognize and scripture actually teaches us that that's not something that God, God doesn't. He knows that we're going to mess up. He right. knows that we're going to sin. He knows, but, but the goal is to seek a life that's set apart. Right. Like we are set apart for God's purpose. And so... That's where we've been, and, and, and as we wrap up this week, uh, we're taking a look at what happens when I'm trying to live that set-apart life, but I'm still facing the fight. How can I stand up against that? I love the lessons that we can learn from history, right. and so uh, maybe you heard of a great Chinese general named Sun Tzu. You want to tell us about Sun Tzu? Sun Tzu, he was a military genius. He was a, strate a strategist. Strategy. Uh, yes. No, he was a strategist and uh, came up with a bunch of sayings and a bunch of ideas that said, this is what war is all about. This is how you win a war. This is the way that you, you live your life. Um, he lived in like the 6th century BC. So it was, it was you know 2,500 years ago. And right now, today, they're still teaching lessons from the book that he wrote called The Art of War mm. uh, at places like the Citadel and other military academies because the things that he came up with and the ideas that he had were revolutionary and have not ever been equaled uh, as far as just pure information. 
Uh, the book's not super easy to read, yeah. but if you can get through it, apparently you'll be a military genius. Yeah, yeah. So, so Sun Tzu writes these things, and one of the things that he writes is kind of a launching point for us today. We always look to the Bible for God's truth, uh, but we do find that there's a lot of wisdom in a lot of places. Right. And so th- this, this phrase is one that will kind of kick us off. It's written by Sun Tzu from The Art of War. Check this out. He said this, Know your enemy and know yourself, and you can fight a hundred battles without disaster. Know your enemy and know yourself, and you can fight a hundred battles without disaster. Here's the deal. There is immeasurable value in being aware of what you're up against, and also about being aware of who you are. And so as we're talking about these battles, Patrick and I told some war stories from like middle school, Right. but we're talking about spiritual war here, spiritual battle, fighting for my soul and fighting for my faith and fighting for uh, these eternal things. And if we can know more about who we are and we can know about our enemy and, and, and their plans, the spiritual enemy, right. then we can be prepared uh, to fight this battle. And so with that, we want to switch to uh, God's Word. So grab your Bibles if you got them. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians today, chapter 6. Uh, Ephesians is a book written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. Right. And so uh, grab that, flip over there. And I'm going to have Patrick, if you would, if you're just reading, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. And we'll just read about three verses right there. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand. After you have done everything... Yeah, that's to stand. To stand. Yeah, I always got tied up with that little yeah. sentence right there myself. Uh, yeah, so we'll come back to that. We're gonna unpack that a little bit, but here's the thing: I, I want us to kind of like chew on this morning, and, and it's this. Consider this: you are in a battle. Yeah, you are in a battle. Like if we could strip back the physical veneer of this world. And we can see what's happening in the undercurrent, the spiritual level of like life. We realize that the, the struggles that we face in this world are not actually physical problems. I mean, yes, they are. People get sick. COVID nineteen is a real thing. You know, people yeah. are people are getting sick, and like, and, and and death and disaster does happen. But under the surface of all of that, there there is more happening, and it's a spiritual realm, a spiritual battle. And, and the evil in the spiritual realm causes uh, calamity in our lives, yeah. and and it's and then it, then it bubbles to the surface, and it shows up in other places. And so, like I don't know if you believe in that stuff. Um, I mean, basically, we're talking about demons. We're talking about like spiritual evil forces. Um, these aren't ghost stories. No, this is this is real stuff. This is things that that we've seen, things that we've experienced, things that we might not have even recognized in the time, but as we look back on it. We, we look and say, oh, man, that, yeah. there's no way that was anything but this. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, I, I told last week a story that I, I've been overseas, uh, overseas a couple times. But when I was in West Africa, I, I remember visiting the house of a witch doctor oh, and man. feeling the darkness there. But, um, you know, our leaders at our church have seen it here in Wilmington. I mean, we, we've experienced people who we believe have demon activity in their life, uh, whether it's possession or oppression. And this isn't going to be a teaching on like demonology and all that. I don't know that we're necessarily qualified to get too deep into that. But I'll tell you this, it's real. And that's why Paul brings it to our attention here in Ephesians chapter 6. And, and, and if the advice that we got earlier, know your enemy, 
is good advice, then this is where we can get some information on who the enemy is. In, in verse 12, it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Not against flesh and blood. Right. My struggle wasn't against the, the girl in the cafeteria who tried to sucker punch me. Like, that wasn't... No. It felt like, at the time, that that was the struggle. But he says that your, your battle is actually against the rulers and the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. And so, like, who, who is not our enemy is one big question. Like, who is not our enemy? Uh, Non-Christians. And non-Christians are not, not our enemy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, politicians. Politicians are not our enemy. Um, the, the, the people who made this virus. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Wherever they, the virus came, they're not our they, enemy. They're not our enemy. People uh, who come Middle school us, girls. Middle school, <laughs> middle school girls are not our enemy. I mean, they might be your enemy. They're, they're not all of our enemies. There enemy, was a time. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing I want to get. We, we've got to know the difference between the enemy and people that are caught in the crossfire. Man, that's big. Uh, because because if we don't know the difference between the enemy, the real enemy, and people that are caught in the crossfire, we will end up fighting against the wrong thing every time. Every time. Um, and so think about the person. Like I'm, I'm going to get serious here for a second, but maybe you have an ex-spouse who is just like brutal, and you're like, that's my enemy, and like you, you use, use painful words against them, or maybe they've used them against you, and you want to take it out. Now it doesn't excuse people's bad behavior. It doesn't excuse people's uh, malicious intentions. Doesn't excuse any of that. No. But what we've got to understand is there is even a deeper cause behind the bad people in the world. They they need to be dealt with. There needs to be justice. There needs to be all of that. But as we approach them, there's just a certain level of compassion and understanding that we can have knowing, man. Like, for example, uh, I, I want to add to the story about the girl from middle school. I found out later that she was the product of the uh, foster care system. She'd been tossed around from group home to group home. And she was trying to make friends at this new school. She had just gotten there. And when she wrote me that letter, um, she was just reaching out. She was trying to make a friend. And, and my rejection of her was just one more thing to add to the pile. Now, I didn't realize that till I was probably in my 30s. Uh, and I look back going, man, you know, she wasn't the enemy. No. And so that's, that's, that's kind of a big lesson. That, that's who's not the enemy, but who is the enemy? Spiritual forces. Yeah. The forces it, of evil in the heavenly realms. Yeah. Uh, the, the rulers and the powers and the authorities in this dark world. It's Sometimes a, we call that the devil. We it's this big blanket thing that we do and say right. the devil is, is the enemy. But there, if we look at scripture, it talks about this hierarchy of of evil forces. That it's not just the devil. That there's demons and there's demigods and our demons and all these other things in between. Um, and they're here and they're present and they're run, running around. And right. again, we're not talking about all that today but we need to know who our enemy is right. and knowing that it's a spiritual thing knowing that it's a real enemy makes the battle easier because we know who we're fighting against yeah so paul gives us some great advice and so and we saw it there in verse 13 i'll read this again and then patrick's going to keep reading he says in verse 13 he says therefore put on the full armor of god so that when the day of evil comes you may you may be able to stand your ground yeah we've got to gear up and so, if, if you'll just pick it up there for us, Patrick, at uh, verse 14. Let's keep reading. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
right, so this is our main teaching this morning because I think that in this world, especially in this time of uncertainty and the craziness that's happening, it's really important for us to uh, understand what we can do to make ourselves stronger and be prepared for this world that we're in. And so uh, there, there's kind of a there's kind of a, a multi-tiered strategy here that we can lay yeah. out. Uh, kind of three big points. Um, and, and the first two kind of run hand in hand. And so first of all, to, we, we just like um, introduce the concept of this armor, right? The spiritual armor, and it's kind of a metaphor that we're going to unpack in just a second. But I want to introduce you to somebody. Uh, kids, y'all wake up. Kids, I got something for you. Uh, this is a guy I want to introduce you to. His name is Bruno. Check out Bruno. What's up, little guy? Where's he at? There he goes. Hey, fellow. Uh, in youth ministry, uh, Patrick and I both did uh, a long time uh, serving in youth ministry and teaching students. And we together, we developed this guy. And his name is Bruno, and he is a beast. You might need to zoom him in a little bit on your phone. You can, like, uh, get real close. He is just a straight beast. Oh, he's going to move over there. Bye, Bruno. Oh, yeah. Boom. Um, now, Bruno represents this spiritual potential. Yeah that we can have in Jesus. And we're going to unpack his his outfit there, his garments. Uh, now, he's not exactly accurate to what we might get in our spiritual battle because he is also kind of a gladiator. <laughs> Dude's, uh, his body shape is actually based on the Incredible Hulk. Look, oh, yeah. Look at his face. I mean, it, it, like literally he was like traced off of the Incredible Hulk and then turned into a Roman soldier. But, okay, that's Bruno. All right, we're going we're gonna to bring him back up a little bit later. Um, but that's Bruno, and Bruno's going to show us a little bit about um, what we can do to fight this battle. Now, someone like Bruno, a Roman soldier, right. uh, Patrick, tell us a little bit about how he would fight. Uh, so when you look at the armor of God as it's laid out here, the people of that time would have recognized it being described as a Roman soldier. You know, like we had Bruno looking all, all Roman and whatnot. But what would happen is that Bruno would actually be part of a unit. He would be a centurion. He would be part of a thing called a phalanx. And the phalanx is this really cool thing. Here's a picture of a Roman phalanx in action. Uh, they've got their shield and their breastplate and their sword and all this stuff. Their swords are a little bit smaller than Bruno's, but that's <laughs> because this is what it was. Bruno is just a beast, and he looked cooler with a big sword. So we made... Uh, a smaller one, uh, or made it made it big, whatever. So, but they would have the small sword. They would be up here, and they would work together. They would stand side by side. They would do all the things back and forth to help each other out. And what was cool about it was that their shields would form a shield wall with which they could protect each other. They could help their one on their left and help the one on their right. I don't know if I even did the right directions there, but. Uh, they would do that, and their shield would be guarding not just them, but the people beside them. And so you had to stay close and stay together. And then their little swords, they would come out and stab. And then you can see there's some spears in the background. You can't see the picture anymore. I still can. Um, there's some spears in, uh, that they would have to be able to come over and get the cavalry and the, that kind of thing. But it was this really tight unit that slept together and lived together and worked together. And everything they did was together because if any one of them failed... It would mess up the whole system. They right. had to to work not alone. You know, Bruno looks big and tough and beastly, and like he could take on the world by himself. He looks more like a gladiator, but he was part of uh, the Roman wall, the shield wall, and it was all about working together with the other people. Yeah, and so the idea of the phalanx is this: like, I need my fellow brother. Absolutely. I, I need my fellow soldier. And if I'm in battle, I need to know that you've got my left and that you've got my right. And if you look at this this uh, 
getup that they have on, there's actually no armor in the back of their bodies because the idea was like, we move forward. We don't retreat, we move forward. And that was the mentality of the Roman soldier. The reason we bring all this up, I'm saying we have a strategy for fighting against the enemy. And honestly, this first piece is a little bit implied, okay? So I don't want to ever take scripture out of context. I don't want to ever put words there that aren't there. Uh, but as Paul is writing about this armor, and he's describing this to the first century audience that he's talking right. to, this is a Roman-governed time, and the local little uh, precincts and areas would have had Roman soldiers around. All over the place. Yeah, so when he describes this, everyone's like... It'd be like if I was describing, like, oh, there's this guy who's wearing these big shoulder pads and a big helmet with a face mask, and he was wearing cleats and all this stuff. He'd be like, oh, that's a football player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so <laughs> Patrick's not a football fan. But <laughs> but for the Roman soldier, the, the audience would have heard that, and they would have put, easily seen, like, okay, I get it. Now, let, let's let's see that, uh, because I want you to understand this. If, if we were to fight in such a way that we are guarded like that, uh, and one thing about the sword, it was like a short sword, like Patrick yeah. said, and it's, it's it's all about this close contact, this this uh, this brotherhood, this you got my left, you got my right. This is a, a phrase I want to stick in our brains that the best hope of making it through the battle of life is that we go through it together. Don't be a hero. Don't be alone. Do it with the people that are around you. Right, right. And you know, uh, here's the deal: they needed each other. The rule was we need each other. Now, if anyone ever thought they were the exception to that rule, they had a word for that. Casualty. <laughs> yeah. Casualty. Victim. <laughs> uh, dead. Like, if you're yeah. going to go out now, there were heroes and there were, like, there were warriors that would go. But the rank and file person, they relied on each other. And there was That's a right. system. And, and the reason I say that is because, especially at this time of, like, isolation, social distancing is a thing that... I never heard that word until last week or a week before, you know, and like social distancing is this idea of isolation. I've got to be away from other people, but more than ever, we need each other. Like we've got to be in proximity to other people and in community with each other. And you might think that you're the exception. And we've got a word for that. Casualty. You know, when you're facing some of life's hardest problems, you can't just be like, I'm going to run in there and slice it up like a gladiator. You can't. You've got, you've got to rely on your brothers and your sisters. And I love that God set up the church for that very reason. Uh, we are called the body of Christ, and each one of us serves a role, and we support one another. And that's actually what we talked about last week as well. And so that, that's the first part of our strategy. And, and here's a, a note that I want to make on that is if you're here right now and this is not a normal thing for you, church isn't a thing that you normally do, you're just checking it out because you're sitting at home and you've already streamed everything on Netflix, um, Know that this is a thing that works for you too. This this is not something that's just for the body of Christ. Everyone needs to have community. Yeah. So even if it's not with the church, find community somewhere. Find people so that you're not doing life alone. Now do it six feet away from them. <laughs> but have that moment and, and do that because life is not designed to do it solo. Right. And that's the first part of our strategy. And that's the implied part. I, I want to get into the uh, the the just the overt part that's mentioned here. And we're going to kind of break down this scripture. Uh, Patrick just read the whole thing, but we're going to do it one by one. Uh, if you look at, let's look at Bruno again, okay? Uh, this is Bruno. Now, one thing that he has on here is that little, uh, the lower portion of his of his little skirt there. Uh, it's his, his belt. And the scripture there says this, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The belt of truth. I want to talk for a second about truth. Uh, you know what the world is sick of? Lies. 
Amen. The world's sick of lies. I'm sick of it. Jesus described the devil as the father of lies, which is kind of crazy because that means that like the devil's language and these spiritual evil forces, I mean, their language is lies. Always. And that was in John chapter 8 where Jesus said that. And one of the biggest things, like as, I, as I'm working with people as they go through life, and they're especially working through an addiction or through a hard time in their life, I, often, I learned this from someone else, but I love the phrase, is ask them, what lie are you believing right now? Because if we, if we hold on to lies... It's crushing to our spirit. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's the devil's language. Um, truth fights lies, and so I love that the first piece of the armor that we get here. If you want to gear up and you want to fight this battle and you want to win, we need to surround ourselves with lies. And the belt is like the the accessory of your outfit that holds everything together. It's the glue that keeps your pants up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it it really it, it is so pivotal. Like with my kids, I'm constantly. If there's a stretched truth, if there's a half truth, I'm like, guys, listen, I get what you're trying to do there. I get you're trying to get your way. You're trying to stay out of trouble. You're trying to do this or trying to do that. But listen, lies will never, ever serve you. They will only curse you. And um, on the other side, we have this amazing thing, which is that God is is truth. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is called the way, the truth, and the life. And this idea that when we can understand who God is, we can know truth. We need to seek truth. Now, here's the thing. You might be a beginning part of your journey. You might be a long way into your journey, and you're just like, I'm not really sure what truth is. God is continually patient with us as we figure out what truth is. But that's the first piece of our armor, the belt of truth buckled around your waist. All right, Patrick, take the next one. Uh, next piece of armor is with the, ble- with the breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate is this vital piece of armor. It, it covers you in the front. It, it protects your heart. It protects your your vitals and, and those things. Uh, it's it's like a bulletproof vest. Mm. It's the thing that comes on and protects the biggest part of you that you have because all of us, our torso is our biggest part. Uh, some of us bigger than others. Um, but what what is righteousness? You know, we understand breastplate. What is righteousness? Righteousness is trying to do what's right. And, and doing what is right. And here's the thing. When you're trying to do what's right, that becomes a clear antidote for the evil things of this world. Because if you're constantly trying to do what's right, then the evil things aren't going to be able to make it, make their way in. They're going to be focused on doing the right thing. Um, and you want to stand firm in this spiritual battle of, of evil of the world versus you and stand firm in those righteous acts. Do good. That's what we, we talk about. That's what this is this is all about. That's what shining light into dark places is all about, is right. standing up and doing right. Right. So, And these first two, are they might be a little bit uh, intuitive. I mean, okay, I need truth and I need to be right. I need to do right things. But then we kind of step into God's uh, supernatural portions. Yeah. And this third one is it, it's the long one, and it's one that's a tongue twister. It says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This is cool to me. Uh, and when I've taught this in the past, uh, what I call it is is your your Jesus shoes. Okay. Now that's uh you know I don't know kind of a crazy way to think of it, but feet fitted with. And so when I think about fitting my feet with something, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put shoes on. Have you ever been to the store and they got that little measuring tool and you need like a PhD to operate the thing? Apparently, you know, because you know I can't just do it. I'm a regular citizen. I need the shoe guy. And he comes in. And he's like, and I'm like that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. Anyway, I don't think I've uh, ever used one of those. <laughs> I just hold my, I, I get on the little, the little mat on the floor and put my foot in the one that fits. You know what I mean? The picture on the ground. I like it. Uh, 
we got to have our feet fitted with readiness. <laughs> the readiness that comes. Where does this readiness come from? The gospel of peace. So let's unpack that idea of gospel for just a minute. That, that word gospel, it means good news. Right. It's, it's, the, it's the Christian, you know, battle cry. But it's the good news that, now we, we are in this spiritual battle. This is the good news about Jesus. Jesus has won the victory. Amen. Like that's what I'm putting on my feet when I leave the house. And we were joking the other day as we were kind of working through some notes on this. Like we both have kids and we know that like it's time to go. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, everybody get your shoes on. And every time. Every time. And then does everybody get their shoes on? There's always, Patrick's got younger kids. It's funny when they've come to hang out at our house, he's got four. And I think more than once. They have left, and then, like, the next day, we discovered one shoe. Like, one lone shoe. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we'll call them, hey, is this yours? Send him a picture. Yep. We were looking for that. You're not ready to go unless you put your f- shoes on. And this is what Paul is teaching. Like, if, if you want to go in this battle, you need to put on this message of the gospel of peace. Right. God has won the victory. He's offered it through Jesus. So the belt of uh, truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and our Jesus shoes. Yeah, which, which and again... It's all about going. You know, yeah. the, the, the sh- you don't put on your shoes to kick around the house. Well, I mean, I do because right. I'm a shoes person. But most people don't. Most people, when they get home, they kick their shoes off. Most people, when they get home, they, they get comfortable in that way. But when we put our shoes on, and we're going. And the right. gospel is all about being in motion, getting out there, sharing that word. Uh, we got another piece of armor here. Let's check that out. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Whoa, what is faith? Yeah. You know, that's the, we know what a shield is, but what is what is faith? Faith is knowing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he'll do. Right. Um, one of the things that I, I was taught and <clears throat> have learned over the years is, is that if you take belief and you add to it action based on that belief, that's showing faith. Faith is believing something enough that you're willing to actually put it into work and put right. it into motion and put it in, into action. Uh, if you don't do that, then you're kind of missing the point uh, of faith. You know, faith is what bridges the gap between what we know and what we don't know. Faith is saying, I know this and this and this. I don't know what that is, but I have faith that this is going to work because of what I do know. We've seen God work we've understood god work we've read in his word how god does the things that he does so when situations come up in our lives that we're like man i i don't know how this is going to work i don't know how i'm going to get through this we can still have faith in god because we've seen the way he's worked in other things right and a side note about faith is that uh it's like a muscle yeah and so you put it into practice a little bit and you know i there have been times when I have had really good workout seasons and I go to the gym and I actually lift weights and I run and I all this stuff. And there's other seasons, which I'm in right now, which I'm not doing so much of that. Well, it's because the gym's closed. That's right. That's why. Yeah. That's why I'm not working. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm active with, with my family, but but I can see a difference from the time when I was more deliberate about, especially weightlifting. And uh, you, just a little bit of work, you, you find yourself sore the next day. Yeah. <clears throat> but then a couple of days later, you can do a little bit more work. And faith is the same way. And I think that the big thing to understand about faith is what Patrick was saying about the gospel, too. It's about action. It's about go. Yeah. And so I, I love this idea. What is faith? How can I grow my faith? And it looks like this. Remember the old Yellow Pages commercial? The little fingers walking? Uh, take one more step. That's what faith is. Yeah. How can I just trust God in this next moment? Uh, and once I do that, I can learn from that moment 
God didn't let me fall. Sometimes he does let me fall because maybe where I stepped, it's not a place I need to go. Maybe I can grow from that. But then from that step, I can learn something about myself, yeah. about my enemy sometimes, and more importantly about God, and it grows my faith. So it's like a muscle. We've got the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness. We've got our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We have our shield of faith. Right. I love that Paul says there, extinguish, it extinguishes the flaming arrows of the evil ones. So that's like, you know, hiding behind it. I don't know what to believe in. I mean, I don't know what to do right now, but I believe that I can be protected. And then the final thing is we got Bruno on here. The Helmet of Salvation. Check out Take the Helmet of Salvation. It's a short little piece of scripture. Um, now, the helmet is possibly the most important piece of our armor. Yeah. Uh, inside, my dome piece is like me. <laughs> you know, we talk about my heart, my and, and, but like it's our brain where we yeah. have our, you know, so much of our personality and the <clears throat> things that we, we say. And probably the most practical piece of armor through anything, whether it's like riding a bicycle right. or fighting in World War II, we've got to protect our heads. And I love that Paul uses the helmet to describe our salvation. Yeah. Because he says this, listen, if you, if you are in the grace of God, you need to know that you're going to be safe in this battle. Your, your, your mind will be protected. Uh, your personality will be protected. Your life will be protected. Um, and so this concept of the helmet of salvation. Now, now here's the thing. Um, salvation, maybe that's something you need to pick up. You need to head out and grab, grab your helmet. Uh, I don't know who is watching this video stream right now. It's, it is amazing to think that there are people that I don't even know possibly watching this video stream, whether it's live or whether it's later. And I just want to encourage you in this. The one piece that God wants to give you, like he wants to give you as a gift, is salvation. And it's done through his, his grace and through your faith. Those two pieces working in tandem. You say, God, I don't know everything I need to know about you, but I know that you say that you're good and I trust you in that. You might be in a place where you want to accept Jesus for the first time. Um, you can begin that right now. Just sitting right there at your laptop, your tablet, or your phone. Be like, you know what? I, I want to start a relationship with God right now. And I believe that he will honor that faith. We also see in Scripture that when someone makes that decision, uh, one of the first things they do to set off that journey, this, this like piece of, uh, of repentance in their life, is they get baptized. And you can read all about that in the first couple of chapters of Acts in the New Testament. But, um, you know, if, if you've never been baptized and you're interested in... Uh, taking that step towards your salvation and kind of sealing that deal with him. It's kind of this almost like a wedding ceremony you go through with God. Um, reach out to us on the Facebook page, and I'd love to help set that up. I don't know if I can baptize somebody six feet apart. We might just have to uh, we'll wash up with some, uh, some Purell, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do a baptism. Um, but that's the helmet of salvation. Walking into that situation knowing, like, I'm, I'm good. I'm protected because no matter what happens with me, even if I die in this battle physically, I'm protected. Yeah salvation so that, that th those are some defensive items of our, our armor we've got yep. the belt of truth breastplate of righteousness we have got what else have we got our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace we've got the shield of faith we've got right. the helmet of salvation and Patrick we take us out with the last piece that we're mentioning there one more piece here we go and the sword of the spirit mm. which is the word of God here's a really cool thing to notice is that this last piece is the only piece that's an offensive weapon. 
everything else that we've got is defensive. You know, the breastplate and the shield and the, the, the shoes and the helmet. All of that is just meant to protect us. But the sword is what we use to go out mm. and do battle with. Um, it's this idea that if you're in a position to fight back, don't do it with your words. Do it not in your name, but in the name of the Lord, in the words of the right. Lord. Um, you know, every once in a while, you know, Chris talked about the fact that I've got kids. Uh, you know, there's there's four of them. They're in the other room right now. They're hanging out. I think they're watching us, but yes. they, they might be watching something else. Who knows? <laughs> uh, whatever we can do to keep them quiet so that we can do this. Um but they will get in fights all the time. They will be fussing and fighting about what we can do and what we can't do. And it's not unusual to hear them say, mom said you can't do that. Or dad said we can't do this. Or dad said, don't touch this thing. Or mom said, don't do this thing. And it's because my kids understand something. If they came to their brothers and sisters and said, hey, I don't think you should do that. It doesn't amount to a whole lot. Right. But if they come in and bring the authority, you know, mommy and daddy, if they said that we can't do it, then we need to listen. Although I can stand there and tell them not to do it and they still do it. <laughs> Apparently I need someone else's authority sometimes too. But but here's the thing, they understand that idea. You know, our own authority, our own ability is so small and so little. But if we come with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right. if we come with his words, with his authority, with his power, the king of kings and lord of lords, and let him be the guide, let him be the authority, then what can stand against us? Right. Right. I love that uh, what our kids are doing right now, Venture Kids, is they, uh, Bethel has issued this memory verse challenge. Yeah. And she even said in her video, you know, that the Bible is our sword. And I love the phrase that you used, Bethel. You said, uh, what better time to sharpen our swords? And the idea of sharpening your sword is pretty, pretty brilliant. And I, I'll never forget this sermon I heard one time, this lesson I heard, and this guy was was talking about how we need to have kind of this uh, this toolbox of God's word that when we're facing the battle, uh, you can you can be prepared and you can know what God said about this, yeah. and you can just you can just delve it out and you can, you can know what it said. And he said, you know, sometimes the only scripture we ever memorize is you know maybe John three sixteen, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Great passage, but it's talking about one specific thing. Uh, or maybe you know the 23rd Psalm about, you know, I'll walk through the shadow of death and I'll feel no evil. That's great. But are those are the only two scriptures that you ever know. There's there's one that's popular to memorize. It's the shortest one in the Bible. Jesus wept. John 11.35. Yeah, John 11.35. Jesus wept. So maybe you know one, two scriptures. That's fantastic. And if that's all you know, that's fantastic. You can pull those out when you need them. But there are times... When we go to God, we go to Him in prayer, and we're dealing with something, and we're like, "Oh Lord, just help me! Give me a word! Tell me how I can deal with this!" And and He like the Holy Spirit kind of um, reaches into our, uh, our our collective toolbox and pulls it out, and He's like, "Jesus wept. That's all you got in there. Like, what, have you read my word? Yeah. Do you know what else it says?" Yeah. So that's why it's also helpful to live in community. Absolutely. Because if I'm weak on my left side and I go to the person on my left side, like, listen, I'm struggling with this thing. I don't know how to do it. And if, if my brother or my sister has been in God's word, they can use their sword. That's right. And they can help me deal with that. And they can teach me. And guess what? That adds it to my toolbox. So let's be in God's words. Let's take the challenge that our kids are taking and let's, let's study it. Let's memorize it. Let's write it on our hearts. 
and let's let that change us. Yeah. And, and another cool thing about this is as you look at the Roman soldier, the Roman centurion, the, the man from the phalanx and the sword that he would be carrying, it was not a, a long sword. It was only a couple of feet long. It was a sword that you had to get in close mm. to use. Um, you know, the, the word of God isn't described as a machine gun. It's not described <laughs> as a bow and arrow. Right. It is a short sword because you have to get close and you have to get intimate with someone to be able to share in a meaningful way and to, to cut away the darkness from, from their life. Absolutely. So it's our goal to gear up. And our strategy is pretty simple. I mean, we, we need to know our unit. We need to know who the people around us yeah. are so that we can be in that community. We can be tight. We need to know, uh, we need to know our enemy uh, at first. I mean, we've, we're told what that is and be aware of it. Don't fight against the wrong thing. And we need to know our gear. What we can, what we can put on and protect ourselves with, and live in God's grace through. And so, when it comes to be being a set apart people, when it comes to being sacred, um, you know, sometimes we just got to stand our ground. Yeah. Sometimes we just got to fight. And uh, I love that we don't have to do it alone. It stinks when you get sucker punched. Absolutely. Uh, and and everyone around you is cheering, fight, fight, fight. But when we can stand up, look it square in the eye, and say, you know what, God is for me, and I don't know what. Tomorrow holds exactly, but in this moment, I know that I'm safe in his hands. Absolutely. Uh, that is a wonderful place to be. Family. Hey, we love you guys. We miss you. Can't wait to meet in person. But, hey, let's keep doing what we do. Shining light in dark places. See you guys.